for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Welcome in to the Blitz Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz. And I'm joined by Tyler North to bring you Week 11's Power Rankings. Um, Not going to lie, I've been slacking as far as the podcast goes these past couple weeks. I'm absolutely getting my ass kicked by school right now. We're coming up on Thanksgiving break, so all the teachers insist to get plenty of drives in on you right before you leave for break. So that's what I've been going through for the last two weeks. So there haven't been any Gage 8s. I've been less available for the podcast, but I want to so badly do these power rankings, man. So I'm glad I was able to do this. Glad I'm able to make it. How are we feeling today, man? Feeling good. Feeling good. Um, Before we do go ahead and get started with everything, as much as I want to talk about the Minnesota Vikings and what they did this week, I got one thing I got to do real quick. On the warpath, fight for all DC. I had to get that in there. Had to get that in there for you. Um, I mean, we got. Let's be honest. I think our two teams had the two biggest wins in the NFL this week. I I don't think there's possibly maybe all season. Maybe maybe the Packers against the Cowboys, but in my opinion, both of our teams went into hostile environments against two of maybe. I mean, the two the two highest Super Bowl odds right mm-hmm. now and, and got wins this week um so it was an awesome week and i can't wait to dive into it a little bit more um but yeah man doing good doing good gonna be moving back to uh to maryland here in about a month which is pretty wild to think about um but yeah a lot of moving parts in my life uh obviously i don't have the the school part uh that i have to worry about but a lot of personal things personal advancements <laughs> as well so um yeah things are going good i was battling a cold all last week out of my system i've still got a little bit of a, a cough a little bit of leftover but other than that I, I feel great so um yeah i'm ready to dive into these power rankings fuck yeah me too me as well it's nice to get a fucking break from all the shit i literally just took an exam or most of an exam until my battery on my computer died so that'll give you a perspective on where i'm at with school right now so let's fucking talk about some football let's escape from that shit let's have some fun for about an hour or so Without further ado, let's let's dive into it. Okay, so to recap for our uh, audio listeners, and if you want to tag along, you can look at the Instagram rankings from last week. Uh, But the power rankings after we put together, after uh, week nine, that we put together headed into week 10, goes as follows. We have in tier one, the Eagles, Chiefs, Bills, Vikings, 49ers, Ravens, Cowboys, Dolphins. Tier 2, we had Seahawks, Bengals, Jets, Titans, Chargers, Giants, Browns, and Pats. Then in the third tier, we had Falcons, Commanders, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, Cardinals, Rams, and Saints. And then to round out at Tier 4, we had the Packers, Jags, Raiders, Lions, Steelers, Texans, Colts, and Panthers. So, let's make our first moves on this Tier 1. I don't think that the Eagles are number 1 anymore. Personally... I've got the Chiefs at one. Coming off of a win this so week. So do I. 
Okay. All right. Hey, good I, start. I don't know if there's much debate there. Um, there's going to be a point in time when we aren't going to appreciate everything that Patrick Mahomes has been doing. In my opinion, they're on pace. Uh, not, not in my opinion. <laughs> it is where it needs to be. They are on pace right now to host their fifth, fifth straight NFC championship game. I mean, that's, I mean, AFC championship game. That is absolutely ridiculous um, that, that they're right there. And he's the MVP. It, every single week, it's like, okay, we got Patrick Mahomes, and who else is second? Who else do we want to put in competition with Patrick Mahomes? But it's always Patrick Mahomes at the, at the top. You want to hear something even crazier? If they win on Sunday, they clinch the division. My God. We're in week 11, and they can clinch the division. Patrick Mahomes has more touchdown passes than Rodgers and Brady combined this year. It is absolutely insane what they're doing. You want to know something else crazy about the Chiefs? Post Tyreek Hill, too. Like, I I was so hating on the Chiefs without Tyreek, and that offense doesn't look any different, man. Yep, it it doesn't. And the other thing um, with them as well, they're 27th in turnover differential. They have a negative four turnover differential on the season, and they're still putting up these crazy amount of points and still getting win after win after win each and every week. What they're doing is absolutely incredible. You have probably the best offensive-minded coach, arguably, in, in NFL history with Andy Reid. And then you've got what might go down as a, it's the greatest quarterback of all time, too. And uh, they're not missing a beat. I know Juju got, had a pretty devastating hit in that game against the Jags. But, dude, Kansas City's won, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, they, and they're also, they added Kadarius Tony, who just scored his first NFL touchdown. And I don't know if you saw it, but the, uh, the limping into the end zone, that was pretty oh, funny. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Oh yeah, the narrative following. But it's just it's it's yeah. it's crazy. He goes from the Giants where it's like, will he play? Maybe he will play. When he plays, is he that effective? And then he goes to the Chiefs and he's like, okay, I'll just score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they did. There there were some next gen stats I was talking about. He was 21 yards open. Like there was 21 yards between him and the nearest defender on that, which is the most open, the 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 widest open catch in the NFL this season. Mm. Yeah, I mean, dude's a freak. Dude's a freak route runner. He's going to get himself open. We saw that in the game that he had last year against the Cowboys. And then he never really showed it again. But now in KC, he's not banged up. Or he's not following the narrative that was created by the Giants that he was banged up. So, yeah. I'm with the Chiefs at one. So now the real... Real quick. Last thing. I just want to to jerk my homes off a little bit more. (laughs) He is leading... So he's leading the league in touchdowns and yards. One in every six games, he's played in 72 regular season games, so 12 out of the 72, he's had 304 touchdowns. He has thrown for 300 yards in 50% of his regular season games. That's insane. just insane numbers coming from him. That's, that's a Hall of Famer if he retires today, obviously. And one last thing, if the Chiefs are going to be building up these leads in some of these games, did we see Isaiah Pacheco emerge as the bell cow back? I think... CEH played 6% of snaps this week. Pacheco had 82 yards on the ground. I think Pacheco might have just taken over this RB1 duties. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's something that's been inevitable. I mean, I've statched Pacheco in several leagues. Uh, I did dump off of him. I couldn't afford the weight any longer in some leagues, but in the leagues that I did hold on to him. Same did I. Yeah, in the leagues that I did hold on to him. uh, I believe Fantasy Ballers are 12 team. I still have a hold of him, so... If you manage to hold on to Pacheco for that long, props to you. But if he's on your waiver wire, this is somebody that they talk about in the same light as a Tyreek Hill 
kind of athlete. Like, just a purebred fucking... He runs so angry. He runs a... I yeah, think it's I a 4-3. He's very physical. Yeah. And I think he runs like a 4-3, four, 4-4 four, four as a running back, which is fucking fantastic. Like, I love it. Do a rookie out of Rutgers. I, I know you don't have him in our 10-man uh, league because you're trying to trade me for him. <laughs> um, so I, I know that is, is for certain. But yeah, yeah. If he's still out there, I mean, go get him. But I don't... I don't imagine any maybe an eight team eight eight man league he might be available but 10 and 12 teams he should be gobbled up by now yeah but i'm with him being the bell cow back for the chiefs going forward all right let's uh move on from the chiefs at one talk and now the conversation gets really interesting personally i still have the eagles at two i do as well um my thing i don't think it's too much of a concern with the eagles um the only thing I'm going to say, number one, time of possession. It was two to one, 40 to 20 with time of possession in, in that game against Washington. Um, it, it shows me that the Eagles aren't the type of team like the Chiefs or like the Bills or like the Dolphins that are going to be able to, if they're down, just pass happy and just come back and score right away. Um, that's the one thing that I will take from this that I would be a little bit concerned about. Also, losing Jordan Davis might be bigger than we ever thought because the run defense did not look good and that middle of that defensive line is a big hole right now for the Eagles. So those are the two things that I would really take away. But you know, you lose lose a turnover differential and say four to two, but the last one was a bullshit fumble at the end. Um that the that Washington ended up scooping scoring. Still lost it three to two. And I love what Jason Kelsey said. If you're gonna sit there and blame the refs, it's just a loser mentality. There were so many opportunities for the Eagles to come back in that game and, and to win that game that you can't sit there and be like, oh, well, the missed face mask is what mm. decided this game. Or um, there, there was... You can trace every... Yeah, like you can trace all those BS calls back to BS calls on the, like, on the commanders as well. Like, it goes completely Offense, different ways. Offensive way. pass interference. Yeah. Offensive pass interference on Jahan Dotson. The no, no call on the defensive pass interference. That was clear as day. Each team, it goes back and forth. And if you want to sit there and and harp on what the ref was doing, <laughs> you're not, you're going to be in a very very peculiar situation come playoffs. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of debate whether or not that face mask call should be reviewable. Obviously, it should. I mean, they should definitely implement that at some point. But right now, it's not. Like you can't do shit about it. You can't go back and reverse a face mask call and. They, like I said, the calls equal out if you look at the over the course of the game. And actually, as a Commander fan, I have a better perspective of knowing the calls that went against me. And you were betting on them, so you knew the perspective as well, man. So the Eagles fans want to complain yeah, about the fucking I, calls, but that's not the truth. I do want to take my kudos for that, for picking Washington. And every Eagles fan that's listening is going to be like, yeah, well, you pick against the Eagles every week. Yeah, well, it finally worked out, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna take my my high road right now. I'm gonna salivate in it. I'm gonna keep the receipts of everybody saying, "What are you doing picking against the Eagles?" That's why I knew it was gonna happen sooner or later, and it happened on Monday night against the division opponent. Yeah, you're so quick to respond back to J. Mike in the comments. <laughs> had to, yeah, had to, had to. I could I couldn't let that go on on un unresponded to. I guess you can say I had to get my response into him because. I know he talks shit on me every week, so I gotta I gotta talk some shit back when it does eventually go my way. Fuck yeah, I agree. Um, last thing that I'll say on the Eagles Commanders game, um, I think people want to look at this and talk about how bad the Eagles might be now. I think that the Commanders are just getting better and better every single week. Like I, 
they went into the link and they played really good football and they won the football game. Like it's not about how bad the Eagles are. It's about how good the five and five potential playoff commanders team is. I don't know if it's if if it's that they're that good or their their confidence with Heineke is what I think is a big thing because I feel like this team rallies around him, whereas I don't know if you really had that with Carson Wentz. And I feel like, you know, they were like, this is a guy that took us to the playoffs last year. And then Wentz comes in and it's like, okay, well, that guy just took us to the playoffs. And you're just being like, oh, we signed this guy or traded for this guy. So we're going to automatically institute him as a starter. And I don't think the team was buying behind it. And now you see, what is he, three and one in, in the four games that he started? I mean, Heineke, <laughs> it's crazy to think about, but he looks like he's the truth. And we'll hop into Washington a little bit later. But by God, they cannot lose to the Texans this week. Hmm. That's the game after beating the Eagles like they did. You can't come back next week and lose to the Texans. You got to win that game. And that's, and we'll talk about it later, but that's something that Ron was talking about because we have a lot of young players on our team and how they reacted after the dub against the Eagles. Like Ron came out and on Monday, it was like, or on Tuesday, it was like, I was kind of, I didn't say anything, but I was con- like, I don't want to see us celebrating like that, like after a midseason dub. So, I mean, we did beat the undefeated fucking Eagles, but, you know, I would say probably try not to celebrate that way, especially going in the Texans where we'd get our ass kicked if we don't go ready to fly. But I agree with that. All right, man. Well, Eagles at two, Chiefs at one, and then I do have your Vikings at three. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't have them at two or one, man. I, I can't have them at two because they lost to the Eagles mm-hmm. and what the Chiefs are doing. Like, I, I, if the Vikings were to play the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to win. I'll just, I'll put it blank like that. I mean, it's, there's nothing much to say about that. But what I will say is this team is resilient, man. You know, every single week, everybody wants to talk about, well, the Vikings won close. Well, the Vikings won close. Well, the Vikings won close. When's it going to stop? You know, I mean, if, if, you can sit there and say that, but you can also sit there and say this is a mark of a good team. Because if you're able to win these games that are tightly contested, close games, when you get into these close games in the playoffs, if you've got a team that's been there, done that, the confidence is going to ooze. You're going to be like, okay, we're down 10 points in the fourth quarter. We've done this before. We've done it back-to-back weeks. I mean, we were down 17 to the Bills, came back and won. We were down 10, excuse me, to your commanders and, and won that game. It, every single week, they seem to impress me with how they're winning games. And... I don't know if I'm going to have a heartbeat by the end of the year um, because of how this has been. But, you know, you, you look at the – first of all, Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in football. Oh, my God. Mm. Putting it out there. That, I, that game. Go ahead, argue with me if you want. That game. Like, like, that was probably the best highlight reel game put together by a wide receiver in my lifetime. Well, and obviously capped off by – the greatest catch that I think I've ever seen. I mean, people can talk about the OBJ catch, and I get it. It was a cleaner catch, but, like, fourth and 18, game on the line. Like, OBJ's catch was a touchdown to put the Giants up 7-3 to three in the second quarter that they ended up going on and losing the game. What he did, not only with that catch, but with all the other catches, like, 9 out of the 10 catches, or, yeah, like, 9 out of his catches, 9 out of his 10 catches, I think something like that, were under 50% catch rate, which means the dude just did... He was like, okay, Kirk, throw it up, and I'll go get it. I will make the catch. I will do what I have to do to will this team to a victory. But I've never gone from such a low to such a high within one play and within seconds. When Minnesota got stopped on the goal line on fourth and goal with the cousin sneak, and then you turn around, Allen fumbles, you recover it. 
I have, it, it was just, I, I can't even put it into words. Like it was absolutely incredible to, to watch what that team did on Sunday. Game of the year, absolutely. Then obviously the Bills go down, kick the field goal. Then we go to overtime. The Vikings get it on the two-yard line, then go backwards, kick a field goal. And I'm like, okay, the Bills are going to score a touchdown and win. And then obviously Patrick Peterson gets his second interception of the game. The one thing I will make note because everybody wants to talk about, our, you know, it, the Bills are still the favorite. Do we really worry about every single game the Bills have lost, which to the Dolphins, to the Jets, and to the Vikings, it's almost been like the other team's Super Bowl in a sense where it's been like, holy shit, we beat the Bills. And look how you had to do it to beat that team. Like you had to have all these little things go certain ways for you to win the game, which, you know, it's the NFL. You take advantage of your opportunities. I'm not concerned all that much about the bills there is one thing i'm concerned about and, and we can get into the bills a little bit it's three losses dude like i mean no, no matter what way shape or form you look at it it's three losses it's a, you lost to the chiefs okay oh, or no you won against the chiefs but you lost uh lost to the jets you lost dolphins dolphins and then you lost this past week it's not what's I, I guess I should revert back to the Vikings because what's your what's your feel on the Vikings? You know, because I know that they are eight and one. Everybody wants to talk about it's an inflated eight and one record. They have a thirty five point differential um, on the season. What's your take on them moving forward? Do you see this team as a Super Bowl contender, or do you see this team as a they're going to be a good team that gets in the playoffs, might win a game, maybe two, but I can't see them getting to the Super Bowl. No, I mean it's a lot easier. We've talked about it. It's a lot. It's easier route to the Super Bowl going through the NFC than it is through the AFC. Um, I mean, out of all the teams in the NFC right now, I mean, you've got the NFC East teams. And outside of that, it's the fucking Vikings that are the favorites in the NFC. Uh, the Seahawks still in contention, but they just lost to the Bucks this past week. So in comparison to the rest of the field, I love the Vikings. And you mentioned it earlier with Heineke and the confidence that we have. Like, it, I don't know if it's the commanders getting better. It might just be the confidence that we have in Heineke. Bro, like, it, same, same shit applies with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings right now. Like, never, yeah. it used to be fucking Kirk Cousins. Like, he's the worst. Like, Jay Jeff was screaming. And Adam Thielen was yelling at him on the sidelines. He was a meme and everything. And now he goes to getting everybody's chain on the plane home. And being the mascot for the entire team, which is fucking awesome. But yeah, I think, I mean, you never saw Kirk Cousins getting like 50 pounds of jewelry around his neck after like, winning games of four. This is the confidence that is oozing from this Minnesota Vikings team is that. And we saw with a team like the Bengals last year, all it takes really is some confidence. Dude. Like if you have that mentality. And Kevin, I was going to say the new coach. I mean. Kevin O'Connell has brought something to this team where they're able to win these close games, and I think it's a confidence from him as well. I will say the Vikings have been extremely fortunate and lucky on the injury side. They have had almost no injuries. I know Cam Dancer has been put on IR. Outside of him, you know, you've got some older guys on the defense like Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, um, Zadarius Smith. None of us, you know, taking on injuries, knock on wood right now. Um, and then you've got some older guys on the offense, too, that haven't withstand any injuries. So those type of things are what can carry you to a Super Bowl run is staying healthy. You just got to hope it stands up for the rest of the season. Next four games for the Vikings, though, Cowboys at home, Patriots at home, Jets at home, and then I believe the Giants at home. So they're all at home, but they are against some stiff competition. So 
if the Vikings can go even two and two in that game, those games I'll feel fine. If they go three and one, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna definitely be talking about them as a Super Bowl contender. Fuck yeah, man. And at number three in our power rankings this week. Uh but let's go further down the list and dude, I think I'm plopping the Dolphins ahead of the Bills. Cause I'm looking almost, I mean, they beat them. Yep. They beat them. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for a team to surpass the Bills here. And I they beat them. And I mean it was the, one of the weirdest football games of all time. They didn't dominate time of possession. Uh the turnover battle was weird. Uh, but they did beat the Bills and they smacked the dog shit out of the Browns this week. One of our tier two teams. I, I do like the uh, Dolphins at five. Or four. Yeah, I, I do as well. I think that I'm okay to to put them up there. I'm not putting Tua in the conversation of MVP like a lot of people are with Mahomes. Unfortunately for Tua, he missed a couple games and what Mahomes is doing is just it's absolutely insane. Um, the other thing I do want to say, Tyreek Hill is number one in yards drawn from pass interference. Jalen Waddle is number five. So they definitely benefit from from some of that. Also, Tyreek Hill was number one last year in that same category. Yeah. That's you know who's number that's two? kind of just their player number- build, though. Like getting downfield like super fucking fast, and nobody being able to like catch them and getting a pi call or 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 to uh, under throwing a deep ball. I mean, you know, that's that's definitely there as well. But I guess that only happens in practice, so we, we can't really <laughs> talk about that as much. Um, number two on that list, and he was number two last year, is Cortland Sutton, which I found to be like. Pretty remarkable yeah. that Cortland Sutton's that high up there. He's a big body receiver who's also fast, so they try to get the hands on him, I guess. I don't know. No. I will say you are looking very, very, very good with uh, your Jeff Wilson over Raheem Mostert call. I think Jeff Wilson is um, has kind of stepped up as the lead back. But at the same time, I mean, they, they basically are still splitting carries. Um, no, they're not. So I think it's going to be a split backfield, which is great for the Dolphins because you keep those guys fresh. Um, but yeah, I mean, what they're doing, defense stepped up a little bit this week as well. Um, but you know, that was a game that they were a three and a half point or three point favorite when it was, when, when the line closed and they absolutely demolished, uh, demolished the Browns. And that was a Browns team that was coming off a big victory, uh, a week, two weeks ago against the Bengals on Monday night football. And, um, we thought, yeah, and a bye. And we thought, you know, maybe the Browns are starting to figure some things out. Dolphins said, hold on. We've got we've got other news for you. So I, I think the Dolphins at, at four, I probably got them there as well. Yeah, for sure. And then that's as far as the buck stops for me, as far as the Bills dropping down. I don't have them going any lower than five. Yeah, I probably got them at five too. So a couple things that I do want to talk about with the Bills. Number one, they haven't scored a second half touchdown since week six. That is very concerning to me. They're also two and nine in one score game since the beginning of 2021. So since the beginning of last year, they're two and nine in one score games. It's pretty bad. Hmm. Also, who has the most interceptions in the NFL this year? Well, it has to be, oh, well, it's probably Josh Allen if you're talking about the Bills. Well done, (laughs) well done, Mr. Shorts. Josh Allen leads the league in the NFL, uh, he leads the league with most interceptions. He's third with most interceptions and fumbles. Josh Allen, this is the biggest area of concern for me. Josh Allen has six turnovers in the red zone. No other quarterback has five. No other quarterback has four. Mm, That is a very, very key stat because not only are you giving the other team the ball, you're keeping points away from your team. 
at least three points. That is something that he's going to have to 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 take into notice, and you know he he can't be doing this, especially when it comes down um, to playoff games. the The other thing to keep in mind with that is, on the other end of the spectrum, well, how do you get to the red zone? It's Josh Allen. It's everything that he does to get you there. So he's a gunslinger mentality. He's a I'm going to do what I need to do. The one thing I would do if I'm Sean McDermott in the Bills coaching staff is that I'd run the fucking ball a little bit more when you get down to the red zone, because if you take the ball out of his hands, he can't make those turnovers. And I'm not necessarily saying run the ball with Devin Singletary or James Cook. Run it with Josh Allen, too, if you want. I know you were a little hesitant maybe this week because of the injury, but um, I, I would be I would be definitely looking to run the ball. Those are my biggest areas of a concern with this Bills team. They're also 0-3 this year without Jordan Poyer. Mm, yeah. So losing a guy like that on your defense has definitely proved to be very critical for the Bills. Um, but yeah, I think you know this is still one of the best teams in football on paper when it comes to the results. Now, they need to go out this week and they need to kick the shit out of the Browns. I know that it's going to be in a blizzard. I know they're calling for what, like three to five feet of snow, I think, in Buffalo this weekend, which is freaking ridiculous. Um, but this is a this is a game where you need to bounce back. You need to have one of your best games of the year, and you need to take care of business. And if they do, I think we'll all feel a lot better about the Bills. But I still think they're one of the best teams in football. I still think they're going to be probably in the AFC Championship. I, as it looks right now, I got to say it's going to be them and the Chiefs. Maybe the Dolphins, though. I know we have the Dolphins ahead of the Bills right now, and, and I think that they could make a run. But the one thing I worry about the Dolphins is can their game translate to colder weather? when you go to Kansas City and when you go to Buffalo in those frigid environments when it comes time for playoff football. Yeah, all really good points uh, to that. I'll say, like, you know, perfect observation with Josh Allen. I mean, that gunslinging mentality was the reason that he threw that turnover to Pat Pete to end the game. It's a lot easier to throw guys open before you get to the red zone. And that's, I mean, Josh Allen, that's something that he prides himself on, just fucking gunning it, throwing a guy open. And but when you're limited, once you're getting down to 10 yards to the end zone, 20 yards to the end zone, there's not as much space to throw guys open. And I think he's still, obviously, he's still trying to do that when he gets down there. And he's throwing those interceptions in crucial points, which is a bummer, man. But, dude, I, I think they might be in trouble this week. And we'll talk about it more when we do our preview episode next, uh, a little later um, this week. But going into the brown it's going to be snowing there you got the run attack with the cleveland plus deshaun watson possibly coming back this week no he won't be back this week he's not coming back till week 13 he can't oh, really? because of the suspension i thought yeah, i thought he was eligible to come back at week 11 no he's he's week 13 and the thing that everybody has hyped up ever since he was suspended is who's his first game against against the Texans in Houston mm. that was that was the big thing that everybody wanted to hype up is that his I was listening to, to part of my take and they were saying how that game they're gonna flex it to 1 30 p.m just so that way it can be in its own little window uh it won't happen obviously it's a joke but um that that it, it will be really funny I can't imagine the booze that he's that might be the highest attendance that the Texans have all year yeah probably it'll be awesome to see especially Houston like that's it I mean, the Texans suck, but Houston's a passionate fan base, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and they'll and they're gonna be all jazzed up. They're still gonna be living high off of the Astros World Series, so uh, it'll just be like, all right, let's keep celebrating. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think they might be in trouble going into Cleveland, regardless of no Deshaun Watson, because you know that run attack it's in Buffalo. Snow. Yeah, but that run attack, like if it's snowing, I mean, it's gonna be a run I first agree. game. 
And we just saw the Browns two weeks ago play how they're supposed to play with a dominant run game. So they might be in trouble, but we'll save that for later in the week. All right. So we got Chiefs, Eagles, Vikings, Dolphins, and Bills so far in Tier 1. Following them up, I've got the 49ers. Not moving. I almost want to put the Ravens ahead, and I know the Ravens are on a bye. The 49ers just scared me in that game against the Chargers. And I didn't watch a ton of it, but like I know they went down 13-3 in that game. They had to claw back. Um, they ended up getting the win 22-16, which they won by six, and Robbie Gold missed an extra point, and the line was seven. Mm. So I know that there are probably some aggravated uh, 49ers minus seven betters out there that, that were hitting the damn wall uh, when they lost that game or when they lost the spread. But I, I would lean 49ers, but I almost want to put the Ravens just because I really like the Ravens. Um, you know, the Ravens have had eight straight games with at least 150 rushing yards, which hasn't happened since the mid-'80s. You want to also know the only team in the NFL that has led by 10 points or more in every game is the Ravens, mm. um, which is crazy mm. to think about as well. I, I I do like the 49ers. I think top to bottom, this is probably the most talented team in football. And I'm going to go ahead on my high horse here. At the beginning of the year, when we were doing one of our season preview episodes, I said two out of these three teams in the NFC are going to play in the NFC Championship. I said the Eagles, the Vikings, and the 49ers. And here we are, and I don't think anything wavers me away from those three teams, um, two out of those three teams meeting in the NFC Championship. I had Ravens and 49ers as my Super Bowl pick, so um, that is, is right there in line as well. But I, I, I'll i agree with you on the 49ers. It's really close between them and the Ravens, though. And if one team were to slip up, um, you know, I could see it definitely going the other way. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that they clawed back in that game. Um, but they did ultimately beat the Chargers, you know. So I think, and once they, once they got CMC, this was a top four or five team for me. So I think that's where I'll probably keep the 49ers. But I've got the Ravens following them up. It's between those two, obviously. Um, also, the the emergence or reemergence of Elijah Mitchell mm, this past week. Mm. I wonder how that's going to factor into CMC and his touches. I know Debo only had like seven points again this week. I'm a little bit concerned with him and his too. usage. And this is what we talked about. There's so many mouths to feed because you've got CMC now. You, obviously, Elijah Mitchell we just talked about as well. George Kittle's still there. Brandon Ayuk's there. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo's not going to pass, pass the ball a ton. And those running plays that Debo was getting are those end arounds are now going to McCaffrey. So it's, I, I do worry about Debo when it comes to his fantasy status, you know, is he still a wide receiver too? Probably. Um, but I wouldn't put him in that wide receiver one category right now. Yeah. I, I would still say he's a wide receiver too, just because of what he did last year and he's still young. Like, come on, like Andy just signed a contract, but I mean, it's definitely concerning. They did line him out of the backfield a couple times in that game, but definitely not as often as they did with CMC. Um, and it's it's concerning because Depot was supposed to be fully healthy coming back this week and wasn't really involved in the level that we expected. So a lot of concerns. Yeah, I mean, I have Depot in one or two leagues, and I'm, I've definitely got some concern. So Yeah, I agree. We'll see how that pans out. But you mentioned Elijah Mitchell, dude. It's probably committee going forward in San Fran. I mean, they have loved Elijah Mitchell ever since they drafted him. Adrian Peterson is a name that they keep throwing out. The 49ers staff keeps throwing out when they want to talk about Elijah Mitchell. So they love him to death. Obviously didn't love him enough. 
because uh, they went out and got CMC. But I don't think that Elijah Mitchell's going to go away anytime soon. Yeah, definitely a guy that if he's available on your waivers, um, if somebody wasn't stashing him in, in the IR spot, I would I would go out and absolutely take a stab on Elijah Mitchell. He's not going to get you, you know, RB1 type numbers, but I could see him being absolutely an RB2 flex option moving forward for sure. I think CMC is still going to be an RB1 because of what he can provide in the passing game. Um, but Elijah Mitchell's still going to get work, enough work to be in that RB2 flex conversation every single week. I mean, outside of Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and yeah, that's it. This is probably the best running back committee in the league. Because uh, you want to say Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, they've been terrible this year. I mean, I want to say Cook and Madison, but I don't think Madison gets the amount of touches. I would also throw, I mean... Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, what they've been doing here recently is is another one to look at as well. Um, but yeah, I would I would say that they're right up there with with probably the best of them. Obviously, CMC probably carries it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I would I, I that, that's that's actually really interesting to think about with with the reemergence of Mitchell is how does where does that tandem rank? And yeah, I'd, I'd put them top three. Yeah, probably top three. Yeah, well, who are you putting ahead of him? I mean, I can't really think of two. I'd, I'd probably still put Chubb and Hunt, yeah. and I'd probably, I mean, I'm, shit, I'm leaning toward uh, Mostert and, and Wilson, what they've done the past, like, two to three weeks. Mostert hasn't well, been two, good. Two weeks. Mostert hasn't been good. He's still got out a touchdown back-to-back weeks. He's right up against the goal line. Like, it's not like he's actually getting yardage. Like, I know there's a little bias in that observation. I can. He yeah. had, like, 60 yards this week. Okay. I'm looking forward to the end of that bet. How long is it? Yeah, Three weeks? Be... Well, you didn't want to do week one. So you were like, oh, it's the week after he yeah. got traded. He's not going to be involved. So it depends on if we want to include that week. Because if we do, the next week will be the last week. But if we don't, then we've got next week and the week after. And then I got to eat a jalapeno on camera, I guess. Yeah, let's let's stick with the original terms of the bet. Let's do, uh, let's do the next two weeks. Right. See who's got. All right. Fair enough. I mean, you're still up like, you're still up like, what do you up like seven or eight at least um just because i know Mostert had a couple catches yeah but interesting to see how it plays out all right man yeah for sure who we got uh fitting into this oh, last spot oh i yeah go ahead real quick real quick back to that running back ranking i would throw zeke and pollard in there as well okay i could probably get with that i mean i don't know if they're better than cmc and elijah mitchell but as far as top probably not top three running back tandems in the league for sure and also i'll save it for later antonio gibson and brian robinson might be turning into one of those top rb committees in the league so swift and jamal williams mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean another one with swift in the ramp up i think eventually it's going to be all swift but who fucking knows at this point? yeah all right uh the cowboys lost to the packages this week they no longer have a slot in tier one um are going to keep the Ravens at seven? Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll agree with that. I, I think the Ravens at seven is, is pretty. And the thing with the 49ers and Ravens is 49ers play the Cardinals in Mexico this week, and then the Ravens host the Panthers. So both of those teams should win those games. If one of them were to slip up, it makes our job easier. We put one in front of the other. Um, but I would imagine both teams do what they're supposed to do this week and, and get a win. Um, I really still like the Ravens, and I think they're a sneaky team because – Everybody wants to talk about the Chiefs or the Bills or the Dolphins. Nobody wants to talk about the Ravens. And I think they're flying well under the radar right now. You know what? Just, it, you, did you hear what Brandon Marshall said the other day? 
about the Ravens? No. He was like, this is the this is probably the best Ravens team ever. Ever. And he went through, I forget, like, he went through position by position and comparing it to old teams. I was like, dude, he's kind of right, man. So, you know what? I think I've had a last-minute change of heart. All right, all right. Put, Let's go with it then. Yeah. Like I said, it's going to work its way out. Mm-hmm. But They're right next to each other, in neck and neck. So, we'll see what... Uh, they've pretty much been... And, and and they've pretty much been right next to each other all year, I feel like. Whenever we do the power rankings, it seems like 49ers and Ravens are side-by-side, side, week in and week out. Yeah. Two teams, I mean, that have solid chances at the Super Bowl this year. So, all right. Cowboys no longer have a claim to Tier 1 because they lost to the Packers this week. So, what team are we seeing making their way up into Tier 1? And personally, because of the Seahawks' loss... I think I'm putting the Bengals up in the last spot in Tier 1. I have, between two teams, you're probably not going to like one of them, so I'm going to go ahead and say that one first, and that's the Giants. I think the Giants have a great case to be in that Tier 1. I mean, the game was never in jeopardy against the Texans. I know it was the Texans, but they did what they had to do, and they they got the win. Um, But the team that I'm probably going to vouch for the most going into Tier 1 is the Tennessee Titans. Lost a close game against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football in overtime. Come back, and you beat the Broncos. I know the Broncos aren't great, but the Broncos were coming off a bye. You want to know something about the Broncos? You know if the Broncos had scored 18 points in every game this year, they'd be 8-1? and one. 18 points. That's not a crazy amount of points. Instead, they're 3-6. and six. That's because they're defense, dude. That's how, like, mm. that's how freaking bad they've been on the offensive side. And... To showcase, I mean, they had one huge play that was a busted coverage that got them their one touchdown. Other than that, nothing. You're coming off a bye week, and that's what you're putting out there on the field is is that dog shit of a performance. Just, I, I we can get into the Broncos a little bit more, but I was just completely dumbfounded by them. Um, but I, I like the Titans. I really do. I think that every single year we doubt this team, and every single year this team does exactly what they're doing this year. Mike Vrabel is such a fucking good coach. I love this guy. And I've completely turned a 180 on this team because at the beginning of the year, I was like, this is a team that's going to finish third in their division behind the Colts and the Jags. Um, this is a team that's not really going anywhere. We're probably going to see Millie Willis like week 13, 14, replacing Tannehill. And they just continue to perform every single week. Um, so that's why I have them ahead of, of the Bengals. I know the Bengals were on a bye, so it does kind of take away from them, and I know that I've always been a proponent of, oh, well, if they're on a bye, they shouldn't be moved down. I wouldn't necessarily say we're moving the, the Bengals down. We're, we're debating on what team are moving up, and unfortunately, I have to go for what I saw this week, and that was the Titans. I'm with that. Jaden was a hater on the Titans last week. He didn't want to give him credit for playing the Chiefs so close up until overtime in Arrowhead, which is fucking awesome. And then they take care of business this week. I had the Titans right behind the Bengals. The Bengals were on bye this week. So I'm cool with the Titans in Tier 1. They're 6-3, and three, man. Yeah, and, and like I said, they're what they have with Derrick Henry, that travels anywhere. You know, we're talking about the Dolphins going to these colder environments to play playoff games. The Titans can go to these colder environments and play playoff games because they can just hand the damn ball off to Derrick Henry and let him do what he needs to do. He didn't even have a touchdown this week, and they still put up 17 points and won the game. So that's, that is that is impressive to me what they've been able to do with the lack of receivers, with some injuries on the defensive side. Um, I think, what was it? Was it Bud Dupree that, that got hurt? Mm-hmm. And he's been... Yeah. 
he's been pretty much hammered or, or all year. Was it Harold Landry? Um, I don't. It was Harold Landry. Yeah. It was Harold. I always get the mix up. But it was Harold Landry because Bud Dupree's still playing. You're right. Um, but yeah, I think if I were to you know, match up Titans and Bengals right now, I'd probably take the Titans. It, w- it would be a coin flip game, but I, I would think I would lean toward the Titans in that game, especially with Jamar Chase out right now. Now, once Jamar Chase gets back, it might affect the Bengals' rankings, but with Jamar Chase being out, and also they said he's still on crutches, mm. and there's no timetable for him to return. Um, so I, Zach Taylor still wants to say, oh, it's week to week, and we might have him back next week. I'm like, dude, if the guy's on crutches, how do you expect him to be ready to go in a week and a half? I, I don't see it. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Um, but until they get chased back, I, I think I like the Titans right now. Yeah, I can get with it. I mean, they keep teams low scoring with Derrick Henry. I mean, time, they dominate time of possession. So they don't have to, as long as they get the ball first, I mean, they should be able to win most of those games if they can control the time of possession with Derrick Henry and who is there better to do it with. So, yeah, I'm with the Titans rounding out Tier 1. I cannot get with the Giants being that next team in there. Uh, really yeah, dude i mean they are seven two so it looks great on paper but okay they take care of business against the texans they had a bye last week but before that they lost to the seahawks 27 to 13 seahawks team that just lost to the bucks and that was really their only super solid test this year outside of the ravens did beat the ravens at home uh but got to remember they played the Jags super close in Jacksonville and ended up being 23-17 but that came down Ed, that game came down to the wire uh they beat the Packers by 5 um they lost to the Cowboys with Cooper Rush I'm okay with the Bengals being ahead of them but I I would say the Giants would be that second team in tier yeah. 2. I had them lower originally but as I'm looking at it it's not too unimpressive. I was just it's that recency from the Seahawks loss. I kind of just want to put them down but they are still 7 and 2. So let's go Bengals, Giants and then what team do we have? I think I have yeah. I think I have the Jets. The last time we saw the Jets they beat the Bills. I mean I know they were on a bye this week, but, like, I was not very impressed with what the Cowboys did. And I know the Seahawks lost to the Bucks, but I, I, I do like the Jets. I know it's crazy to have both New York teams back-to-back. Um, but I, I'm still buying this Jets team. And you know why I'm really buying them is because of that defense, man. That defense is absolutely incredible. I said it was the best defense in football, and I still stand by that. If Zach Wilson doesn't make the boneheaded mistakes, this team can compete with any team in football. Because they can run the ball, even without Brees Hall, and they can play really good defense. And talking about teams, when it comes to the weather and when it comes to the colder environments, running the ball and playing defense travels. Those are the two things that they do exceptionally well. Um, so that's why I think, you know, I, I'm still going to go with the Jets there. They got a big game against the Patriots this week, and, and that'll be a, a good litmus test for me, for them. But for right now, I got to go. I, I think that they're ahead of, of both the Cowboys and Seahawks. No questions from me here on that. I got the same thing. Uh, this just seems rolling right now. You can't doubt what they put on paper so far this year. Uh, they're coming off a bye. They're going to be well-rested going into next week. And what we saw from the last time they played, they beat the fucking Bills. And MCJ looks to be just as effective as Brees Hall. Maybe not as effective, but he seems to be a suitable replacement. And also, you got you got a guy who you just traded for. James Robinson, who's a hell of a football player, too. So, 
I've really got no concerns right now with this Jets team. Zach Wilson, it really depends on him and how well he can do going forward. But I've got the same thing, man. I got the Jets following up the Giants and the Bengals. But good shit. And I always, you know, I always, I always like to talk about Kevin O'Connell and the job that he's done and how he should probably be right there with Coach of the Year. Robert Sala, mm. man. This is one of the best coaching hires that we've seen in the last three to four years. Um, and it's showcasing, you know, we knew he was a defensive minded coach coming from San Fran. Um, but what he's been able to do with this defense is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, to hold the Bills to what, what was it, 17 points? Once again, they didn't score a touchdown um, in the second half of that game as well, which I know it seems like it's the norm anymore with the Bills. Um, but yeah, I like I said, good litmus test this week going to New England. New England already beat them once. Can they get that revenge game? On the Patriots, it'll be a big question mark. But if they're able to win that game, in my opinion, they're in Tier 1 uh, after this. Okay, let's go. Let's go. All right, man. So, in Tier 2 so far, we got Bengals, Giants, Jets. And then I've got the Seahawks coming up. Or, no, I've got the Cowboys and then the Seahawks. I do, too. I, it's exactly what I've got. I've got the Cowboys ahead of the Seahawks. I just think they're a better team. And Cowboys have a huge game at Minnesota mm -hmm. this week. The Cowboys can go into Minnesota and they beat the Vikings. I would put probably put the Cowboys back into tier one as well. And then everything's going to be so convoluted between the top like 14 to 15 teams because you're going to have teams beating other teams that are right there in that in, in that top 15, top 16, in our top two tiers, I guess you can say. Um, but yeah, I, I think Cowboys were up 28-14 in that game. And you can look at whether it was the blown cover or the 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 pass plays from Rodgers to Christian Watson that got him back into it. You can go back to the fourth down call or the non-pass interference call on third down, whatever it might be. You can't blow a 28-14 lead. You just can't do that. You know, you, there was a lot of play calling down the stretch that I was just like, what are you doing? Like, what? Wh why is this the play call that you're going with down the stretch? Go with the simple plays. Go with, you know, the button hook to the tight end or a, a screen pass to Tony Pollard or just run the damn ball. I mean, you, you've got a good offensive line that prides himself on the run. Um, Dak had two questionable interceptions to, how was it, Ford? I think that was the guy's name. Uh, he had two picks in that game. I was like, where the hell did this come from? Um, but, yeah, I, I still think the Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFC. But what they did this week, I got to knock them down a good amount just because that was a struggling Packers team. Mm -hmm. And you gave the Green Bay Packers a heartbeat. You gave them a pulse. And I said it in our group text, Green Bay Packers are going to make the playoffs. And that is what you cannot do to a guy like Aaron Rodgers is give him any little bit of confidence. And sure enough, they did it. And, you know, if, if the Packers end up making the playoffs, like I say they are, I'm going to look back at this game and be like, yep, that was 100% the turning point on their season. Um, so I got to knock the Cowboys down a little bit, but I still think they're they're one of the best teams in football. Yeah, I mean, you saw Aaron Rodgers after the game. He was like, we're not dead. And that was this version of relax from a few years ago. And I think we could run the table a few years ago. Like, man, this is the classic Aaron Rodgers is back kind of thing. It's an announcement that he's back. And also, I mean, the Cowboys did put 28 points up in that game. Um, so it's not like their offense is sputtering. And... Also, they go into Lambeau. Like, that's a tough place to play. You know, it's not easy to get wins there. Even, and it's fucking Aaron Rodgers, man. Like, come on. Yeah. Also, bunch of young receivers. Like, they're just, it, now they're finally starting to catch their groove, maybe. Like, who, yeah, especially with their second round receiver, uh, Christian Watson out of Notre, or North Dakota. North Dakota City. Yeah. Yep. So, 
Yeah, it'll be it, once once they get a guy like Romeo Dobbs back, it'll be interesting because you're, you had Romeo Dobbs kind of come on the scene and then he got hurt. Now you've seen Christian Watson come on the scene. If he's on this come on the scene, I know Lazard has still been there as well. <clears throat> um, but if you have that three headed monster of those three, <clears throat> you might have something to work with here if you're Green Bay. Yeah, for sure. And also the Cowboys didn't have uh, Zeke this week. So getting Zeke back, having Very that true. tandem, that'll be good for them. So. All right, Seahawks following them up. Not really anything to debate there. They did take a nasty loss to the Bucks in Germany, but I think I think the Bucks are just kind of sort of coming back. You know, I can't take that much from that game. They are. So they are. They are. Um, it was a game in Germany. It was kind of scripted for Tom Brady to win that game, uh, to be the first quarterback ever to win four games in four different countries. Um, I don't take too much away from the Seahawks. I still think they're a very good team. But I do think Geno Smith is a little bit more limited than we might have thought, um, you know, in his passing ability. So I, I do worry about them moving forward because now that they've got this loss, it opens the door for San Fran because they play each other again. And if San Fran beats them, San Fran will then have beat them twice and will have the 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 nod ahead of them when it comes to the standings um, moving forward in the NFC West. So I still think San Fran wins this division. And I think really and truly it's going to be down to the Seahawks, Giants, and Packers, two of those three teams, and, and the Commanders. Two of those four teams are going to make the playoffs, and the other two are going to miss it. Yeah, I mean, that's the wild thing about having all these extra play- wild card spots now. So many teams can make it in. So be interesting to watch. Um, but, yeah, so in Tier 2, we ended off with uh, Bengals, Giants, Jets, Cowboys, Seahawks, and then following that up, we just mentioned it. I think the Bucks are back, dude. I got the Bucks hey! there as well. Wow, man, we are on the same wavelength go, tonight. Man. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you think about it, this is the exact reason why Tom Brady came to the NFC. Think about this. Let's think about this for a minute. Bucks win their division. They get a home game against Daniel Jones or Geno Smith or Maybe Taylor Heineke, rematch from last year's playoff game. Not the most formidable from the quarterback play, at least. Let's say they win that game. Then they're going to have to go to a, say they're what, the the four seed? They're probably going to have to go to Philly or, or to Minnesota, and you're facing Jalen Hurts or Kirk Cousins. Not the most proven quarterbacks in this league. Let's say they were to win that game. Probably going to play maybe San Fran. Jimmy Garoppolo. Not the most formidable quarterback. Maybe they play the Cowboys. Dak Prescott. Is Dak Prescott really proven in the playoffs? The answer is probably no. All of these quarterbacks in the NFC have not done it in the playoffs. And we always talk about the Tom Brady effect. And if you're facing against Tom Brady and you're in the playoffs, a lot of times these quarterbacks end up choking under pressure. All he has to do is make and it it's there. Not necessarily what Tom Brady, it's not necessarily what Tom Brady does but it might be more so what the other quarterback doesn't do or how bad they do. So it's it's crazy to think about, but it just seems like the Bucks, like you said, have found their rhythm. They've gotten healthy now. Um, <clears throat> I'm telling you this right now. Rashad White is a much better running back than Leonard Fournette, and I would not be surprised if he starts to take a lot well, more carries from Uncle well, Lenny. I think you just hit the nail on the head because announcement came out today that Rashad White's the starter going forward this season so yeah 
I mean, he looked so much more effective. And that's been the thing that we've been crying out for these past couple of weeks with the Bucks. Like, that run game is non-existent, stagnant with Leonard Fournette. And now that they got the rookie in there, Rashad White, I like it in Tampa Bay. This is a team that we had ranked super high in the preseason. So we're, we're, we were just waiting for them to bounce back, to bump them back up towards the top. And I think it's finally time for that. Uh, you look at their recent, game, uh, recent games, they beat the Seahawks on Sunday. Uh, they beat the Rams uh, the week before that. And then the week before that, they played a close game against the Ravens. They did lose that game, but they only lost by five. Um, did have some garbage time there uh, to cover the spread. But, you know, his, I do like the Bucks there, man. They're back. I'm with it. So Yeah, and, and I think the big thing for them is their defense. Hmm. Um, you know, crazy stat going into this game is that Geno Smith was 4-0 against the spread all time against Tom Brady, which is crazy. I think that was like a one-point loss when he was with the Jets and then a two-point loss when he was with the Jets. Um, but he had always covered the spread against Tom Brady. This was the first time uh, that, that Brady had covered the spread against him. Uh, I heard this on part of my take. Tom Brady passed Blake Bortles for the most yards in international games. He now has 1,210 to Blake Bortles, 1,209. Another crazy stat. The Bucks have scored 21 points or less in all five of their wins this oh, year. Damn. So it shows that when their defense is playing to the capability that their defense is known to be playing for or playing as, they end up getting the wins. Uh, Devin White had a strip sack in this game and, and, a, and I believe a fumble recovery on the strip sack. He found out his dad died two hours before he was supposed to fly from the U.S. to Germany and then went out and did that. I thought that was a really cool thing that I, I did want to make note of. Um, but, but yeah, I think this Bucks team is back and I think they're to be feared. You know, the rest of their season schedule is not – the most difficult. Um, I know they've got a couple of games. Like, for instance, I know they play at San Fran, um, but they've got, you know, the rest of their division each one more time, which this has turned into one of the worst divisions in football in, in regards to the Falcons, Panthers, and the Saints. Um, but they've got, let's see, they got a bye this week. Then they've got at the Browns, the Saints, at the 49ers, the Bengals, and then they finish at Arizona, home against the Panthers, at the Falcons. Mm -hmm. So other the Bengals, they play in Tampa, and they have to go to uh, San Fran. But other than that, the Browns, Saints, Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons, they're going to be favored in all of those games, and I would expect them to probably win those games. So they go 5-2 and two down the stretch. They end up 10-7. and seven. Um, Maybe they win one of those games between Cincinnati or San Fran. They end up 11-6, and six, and I don't think any of us thought that that was possible three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Absolute turn, and I mean, we mentioned this, a team that we had so high in the preseason, just been waiting for them to bounce back, so now that the Bucks are back, they sneak their way into Tier 2, uh, but let's round this out, man, I do have the Chargers following up the Bucks. I have the Patriots. Okay. Um, Chargers, I have a lot of question yeah. marks about. I know the Patriots are on by this week, but... I just worry about the Chargers, and everybody keeps saying, oh, well, you know, once Keenan Allen comes back, there'll be a different team. Is, is he ever going to come back this year? I, I really – that is a legitimate question is if he if – Mike Williams will come back, back this year. Mike, Mike Williams is, I think, listed as questionable this week, so it looks like he's going to finally come back from injury. But I do worry about that because if you don't have those guys – Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, those guys are not getting it done. Um, and the defense is – it's been better in the last – week or so but i'm still not sold on their defense i think this is a team that is just unfortunately the injury bug has just hit them and i just really worry about them and, and their line is not 
great. Um, you know, losing Slater was such a big injury to them. Um, so I, I really worry about them. Right now, if you were to match up the Patriots and Chargers, I would be taking the Patriots over them. Yeah, if you put it that way, I mean, right now, yeah, I'll probably take the Patriots. Um, but, I mean, we've been but we've been talking about this for so long. You're right. Like, Keenan might just not come back, like, at all. Like, we saw Mike Thomas with and the if toe. And Eckler. Like, he's, he's not coming back this year. Yeah. So... And if Austin Eckler doesn't have a game where he's scoring two touchdowns or three touchdowns, I don't know where the offense comes from on this team. I know Justin Herbert is great, but he's if he's thrown to, I think Mitch mentioned it, high school receivers, um, I, I really worry about this Chargers offense and, and the limited what they have uh, you know, from a limited standpoint. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I can probably get with putting the Chargers in the last slot in Tier 2, but I've got the commies. You don't want to put your... I was gonna say I I kind of had page I had it as Bucks Patriots Commanders and then unfortunately Chargers dropping down to tier three. Um, I think what the Commanders have done over the past couple of weeks and beating the best what we had as the number one team best team in football. Um, I, I absolutely I had them that I if you wanted to the thing is I don't think that I can have the Chargers in tier two. Okay. Like, I think the Patriots and Commanders are both there. If you want to flip-flop Patriots and Commanders, I'm okay with that. But I do think that I, I can't look at the Chargers ahead of both of those teams right now. Yeah, okay. I can get with that. Um, but definitely the commies in front of the Patriots. We just beat the best team in football at the link. And if you break, this, uh, break down this team by position, dude, like Terry, that Terry-Taylor connection, holy fuck, dude. Like... I, I said it was matchup proof. It's matchup proof. Like, it's pretty much matchup proof. It is. Like, we went up against Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Terry didn't get jack shit in the last time that we played the Eagles when we had Carson Wentz at the helm. But with Taylor at the helm, he finds some kind of way to find Terry in open space. And it, it's matchup proof, dude. And Curtis Samuel. He, he had a nice game. I mean, not as good as some of the games that we've seen previously, but Steph, definitely still a weapon. Johan Dotson, he's back, who scored a touchdown in every one of his games early. I mentioned it earlier. This is turning into one of the best running back committees in football. Like, we thought that Brian... I thought that Brian Robinson was going to come in and be the guy because Gibby was just dog shit terrible for that. And Brian Robinson obviously gets shot, and... <laughs> You know, obviously gets shot. That doesn't happen every day. Uh, but, yeah, he gets shot, and he doesn't look as good as he did in the preseason and in college. Like, he really just looks – he's angry. Like, he looks like he's just kind of, like, like rubbing – like, moving forward angrily, like, very slowly and just bounces between tackles I mean, he was, and mm. – he was, he was stopped on the one touchdown run. At like the one yard line, and he yeah. carried two to three guys into the end zone. I was like, "This is a guy that just got shot mm -hmm. in the leg, and he just carried these guys." And absolutely ridiculous. And then you got Michael Thomas, who can't play because of a toe. Yeah, so for sure. Um, but when you think about it, like we don't need Brian Robinson to be that guy who gets into open space and gets yardage. That's Gibby, man. Like Gibby looks pissed that everybody like everybody flamed him on Twitter about being the punt returner and the kick returner now. I don't think he, he went from being the superstar on this team to being the bottom rung on the ladder. And I think that really pissed him off. I think that's lit a fire under him. So I think Gibby's back and we can have that one-two punch with Brian Robinson being our power goal line guy and Gibby getting the ball in open space. 
I love it, dude. I, I really think this team looks awesome going forward. Uh, we have Chase Young. He was supposed to be coming back this game. Didn't come back. We still look absolutely fine. I mentioned trading Chase Young, but if we end up bringing him back on the line, that's not too bad either because these, uh, this defensive line is playing like one of the best lines in football right now. And something that uh, not a lot of people want to talk about, Cam Curl, the best ranked wide receiver, or best ranked safety according to PFF. So he's having a fucking fantastic season, best safety in football, and our corners, man, Kendall Fuller, he's always been a dog, he's one of our captains, he's a Pro Bowl caliber player, and then we have St. Juice, who played a fucking awesome game on Monday, and has had really good games leading up to that, so I think St. Juice and Kendall Fuller, that one-two combo at the corner position, then we got Cam Curl in the, at the safety position, and our linebacker is starting to play better too, I mean, Jamin obviously had the had the fucking face mask call but he looked pretty good in that game and Cole Holcomb kind of leads the linebacker core not as terms of talent but as captain so I'm done gushing about my team but if you wanted some reasons why they're fucking good right now that's why and that's why I got them ahead of the Patriots and then the Patriots to round out tier two so yeah the only thing I will say about the commanders is isn't this the week where the attorney general is supposed to like come out and say something and uh, maybe this win is a little bit of distraction away from what is going on behind the scenes of the organization. I mean, I think this team wants to separate itself from any, like, as much of the wrongdoing of Dan Snyder. I mean, we're about to get new owners anyway. This this team's probably going to be more with the new owners than they have ever been with Dan Snyder. So I think they're trying to separate themselves from that. I think it just pisses them off more. And, like, we're looked at as a trash, dishonorable organization. So it, it pisses people off. You know, so left hand up. Who are we? We're the fucking commanders. That's it. <laughs> so, okay. all right. As as we look into these last yeah. tiers, let's try and uh, let's try and roll through it. these because, in my opinion, there's one or two teams that you might consider a contender. But other than that, all of these other teams, their season is pretty yep. much done, and they're looking at draft picks. They're looking at rebuilds. Um, and, and I don't think they're, you know, we don't have to dive into too much about a lot of nope, these teams. I totally agree with you, man. So let's run through it. Uh, okay. The chargers leading off tier three. Cause I had them at, uh, at the end of tier two, um, following them up. I've got the Browns dude, another week closer to Deshaun Watson. They did, they did just get their shit rocked by the dolphins, but the dolphins are a good team. Our fourth best team in football, according to us, um, and two weeks ago before the bye, the Browns did look really good. So, And this is where it gets interesting. There's an argument for anybody. Because I've got, I've got the Green Bay Packers mm. jumping all the way up after what they did to the Cowboys. And like I said, I think this team has got themselves right back on track to where they need to be to, to make a postseason run. And it hurts me to say it because this guy has just haunted my dreams for the last decade plus. But... Aaron Rodgers is doing what he needs to do. Um, so I actually have the Packers ahead of the Browns. And I would take the Packers over the Browns, the Falcons, the Bears, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Saints right now. Okay, but do we? they did beat the Cowboys, which is nice. But do we really want to jack them up a whole, like, 10 spots for winning a home game after being terrible before that? But what have the other teams ahead of – what did the other teams ahead of them do? Like, the Browns mm -hmm. lost – pretty badly the falcons lost by 10 to the panthers the bears lost to the lions the broncos lost to the titans the cardinals 
they beat the Rams. So maybe the Cardinals is somebody that we might want to move up. But the Rams lost to the Cardinals. The Saints lost to the Steelers. Like, everybody in front of them lost this week. Okay. All right. When you put it like that, I'm with the Packers. Because, I mean, out of all these other teams also, I mean, in honor of Jaden not being here, we got to do some paper watching on our own. And if you're paper watching, the Green Bay Packers should be up on that list. So, yeah, I'm cool with putting them right behind the Chargers. Can we put the Browns right behind them, though? Um, yeah, I can get behind that. I think there's still some question marks there, but I would I would take the Browns, like you said, with Jacoby Brissett coming back. I mean, uh, Deshaun Watson coming back in a couple of weeks. I think that definitely elevates them a little bit. Um, I would I would put them or the Cardinals right behind them just because the Cardinals were able to, you know, I know both teams had a backup quarterback, but Cardinals were able to come out victorious against the Rams, which Cliff Kingsbury has never done. I mean, he's done it once, but really and truly, Sean McVay kicks Kiff kicks cliff kings that's a tough yeah. kicks cliff kingsbury's ass every single time they play each other um but yeah i, I think that it, it, the browns ahead of the cardinals i think that that's fine i would take the browns over the cardinals right now anyways yeah like i would be willing to put the cardinals ahead of the browns but you got to remember this was colt mccoy versus john wofford like come on like this was this was right. barely applicable um one thing that i can't say james connor season's back uh yeah, you know Benjamin. So let's go all in on James Conner for the rest of the season fantasy. Yeah, cra- crazy to think about too, because you know Benjamin, like a couple weeks ago, probably three or four weeks ago against Seattle, had like thirty some point or twenty five some fantasy points, and now he's cut. So it's it's just crazy how that works in the NFL, where you know one second you're on top, especially at the running running back position. One position, one week you're on top of the world, and the next. You know, a couple weeks later, you're not even on a team. And I know the Texans signed him. So maybe, you know, they incorporate him into the running game. I don't think he ever takes Damian Pierce. Um, but maybe he, you know, um, was it a usurp? I guess that's the word. Yeah. I can't think of the correct word there. But anyway, takes over maybe Succeed. from, from Rex, Burkhard, Rex Burkhead. Yeah. Um, that should tell you something about the releasing of, you know, Benjamin. Because they picked him up off waivers, uh, the Texans did. And they were the first available team in the waiver slot. So... They, they didn't even need Eno Benjamin, but they were like, why the fuck is this guy on the waiver wire? Uh, we're going to go pick him up. So I haven't actually seen a guy been claimed off of waivers in a while. So that's why I thought it was interesting. And also the Texans being the nearest team in the waiver order told me that every team wanted him and the Texans just ended up getting him. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I didn't think of it like that. But yeah, that shows you if the team with the number one waiver picked him up, then he was obviously a sought after commodity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, also... Cardinals are a hard knocks team. I fall in love with these hard knocks teams, so I'll put, <laughs> I'll put them uh, I'll put them right behind Cleveland though. Had everybody else. Um, you mentioned it. The rest of this fucking goddamn stinks. I've got. I would put. I would probably put the Steelers up there, man. Ooh. I really would. Out of all the teams, in my opinion, they had the most impressive victory. I know the Lions beat the Bears. But it was Dude. by one, basically off the box. I think that right. just tells us how win. bad the I mean, Saints they... are. Yeah, but also, I mean, this is a Steelers team that did get wins, you know, against Tampa Bay, and the them getting T.J. Watt back just completely changes this team. They're now 53-24 and three with T.J. Watt playing in in, in an entire game. 53-24 and three. That is absolutely insane. So. I think the reemergence of him completely changes this team and, and puts him at least into tier three. Um, and in my opinion, what do the other teams ahead of them really do this week? 
Okay, I originally had the Broncos and the Falcons ahead, but as we're talking about it, I can't get with that. A team that I can get with being ahead of them, though, and this is probably the biggest jump of the week. The Colts, dude. New head coach, Jeff Saturday. He looks like he's got that team humming, dude. It's fucking hilarious because it's like these head coaches want to overcomplicate things so much. But to put in a former player who has no coaching experience or say, I mean, I don't want to claim that he was right yet, but he seems to be onto something with saying that he's not scared. You know, like he's not scared of what he's not going to listen to all these fucking analytics and other outside sources. Like he knows what it takes to win a football game. He's going to run like very simple plays, very classic football plays that win football games. And that's exactly what he did against the Texans. And dude, this like Colts team isn't as bad as we want to think they are. Like now with Matt Ryan back as their starting quarterback going forward, um, they're four. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor looks like he's absolutely Jonathan, back. Jonathan Taylor's back. Mm-hmm. And dude, like, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I can I can get behind the Colts. Also, they're going to play each other in in two weeks, um, the Monday after Thanksgiving. Uh, Steelers at Colts, so that'll give us a much more of a determination on where these two teams are. But I would put them side by side. I can agree with that. You know, if you want to put the Colts ahead of the Steelers, I think I'm okay with that. I, you know. It's like I said on our uh, Instagram Live um, right before the game started on Sunday. With Jeff Saturday coming in, is this going to create a new path for coaches in the NFL where we're going to see coaches that have no experience at the collegiate or the NFL level come in and and do really well? You know, it remains to be seen. It is only one game. But, you know, what I saw from him, the players buy in. And that's what you need is you got to have a guy that can overtake a locker room and have the players buying in. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about the other day, like, there's no other guy that you would buy into more than a former All-Pro center, center of Peyton Manning, like, you're gonna, because new head coaching hires, like, it's always a question of whether or not they're gonna be respected in the room, like, Jeff Saturday, there's no fucking question, like, every dude is gonna on with his message, so, now this team's ready to rock, I mean, you mentioned fucking Jonathan Taylor, I didn't even realize, dude, 22 carries, 147 yards and a tud, he's back, dude. Like, let's fucking go. Matt Ryan, he's back at quarterback, which is the sound move to make. Had, like, 40 yards yeah, dude, I know. Like, I, I was literally watching it uh, in the basement at our fraternity house. It, it, we were going, we have a bunch of Colts fans because we're pretty close to Indy. And everybody was like, who the fuck is that guy? Uh, but, yeah, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch uh, the Colts get their first dub with Jeff Saturday. But, yeah, I'm willing to put them up. Let's do it. Okay, so... Yeah, the other thing the other thing I heard from from Jeff Saturday is when he got hired as a coach, he had to text Eric Decker to take over his fantasy football team because he couldn't have a fantasy football team as a head coach. I thought that was hilarious too. And it got me thinking like who else is all in that league? Like it must be fucking crazy. Like all all former fantasy superstars are in that league. Like Jeff Saturday, if it starts with Jeff Saturday and Eric Decker, like I can't imagine what the rest of the fucking league looks like. But that was cool shit. All right. Um, I'm... Are we bumping the Lions up? They just won back-to-back games against the Packers and the and the Bears. Um, I would probably still put the Bears ahead of them, as weird as that is to say, because we have to go off. They've lost so many close back. games. Like the Bears just keep losing close games, and putting together power rankings, we have to take that into consideration. So, yeah. For sure. I will say this about the Bears. Fantasy points <clears throat> the last four weeks. Justin Fields has 131.5. T- 
Tua is second at 92.6. Listen to this. Davis Mills is 54th at 53.7. If you take the margin between Tua and Davis Mills, which is second to 54th, and you take the margin from Justin Fields to Tua, which is one to two, it's the same differential. Mm. That shows how ridiculous Justin Fields has been over the last four weeks. He's the first quarterback with two 60-plus rushing touchdowns in a season, and he's done it in a matter of a couple of weeks. Fields has more rushing touchdowns than the Packers, the Bucks, the Broncos, the Commanders, that was going into Monday night, the Colts, and the Texans. It is also the fifth straight game the Bears have rushed for over 200 yards, which is the first time a team has done that since the Steelers in 1976. Justin Fields is turning into one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and is he the best quarterback from that class? Easily. It's not a question. I mean, you think about it, you've got Trevor Lawrence would be the next guy, but I'm taking Fields over Trevor Lawrence right now. Uh, Davis Mills. Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Like, it's it's not even close. I think you're tight. Ta- Zach Wilson is mm-hmm. the other one. I think you're taking Justin Fields within the top three picks if you're drafting again today. Yeah, I mean, what he's uh, it, it is incredible. Not only what a new coach can do, mm. which is funny enough. We all were saying it's <laughs> it's Matt Nagy. That's the reason why this has been so fucking bad. And little did we know it was it was that bad. Um, that, that this is what it's come to. Um, but yeah, I would I would absolutely take him as the number one quarterback in this draft. And I think he's somebody that you've got to build your franchise around because he is somebody that has got a lot of things that not a lot of quarterbacks have. From the running standpoint and what he can do when the play breaks down to either throw the ball or run the ball, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Now, I know he did have the first, that he did have a pick six. That's the first pick six by the Lions in 60 <laughs> games. Uh-oh. There's only there's only seven now 17 16 17 games in a season. So if you're doing the math, 16 games in a season, that's almost four seasons since they've had a pick six, which is crazy to think about. And he threw it to his college teammate, which is also wild. And he was and he's number one, and he threw it to number one, Jeff Okuda. A lot a lot of crazy things that happened on that pick six, but I still like the Bears. Um, like I said, they're a missed extra point away from probably winning that game. So, uh, you know. I still put them ahead of the lines. I still think there's a lot to build off if you're the Bears as well. Worry about the defense. You know, they lost Robert Quinn and they traded uh, Roquan Smith as well. So the defense is completely decimated. But I, I still like the direction that this team's going. Absolutely. And they've got a lot of young guys in the secondary. Uh, Kyler Gordon. A lot of picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyler Gordon. Uh, Joquan Brisker's been playing really good this year. Uh, I, I like this Bears team a lot. I don't want to move them down past the Lions. Uh, but, yeah, I'm cool with the Lions following them up. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he's getting healthier every week. Uh, Jeff Okuda with the pick six. Like, he seems like he's finally living up to that top three pick that he was a while back. Um, Their line is incredible, too, with Decker and Panay Sewell and everybody else that they've got on that line. I mean, they're – I think Frank Ragnall is still there. They're, they've got a really good offensive line. Mm-hmm. And DJ Chark does head to the IR, but somebody by the name of uh, Jameson Williams happens to be coming back within the next couple weeks here. So, yeah, I'm with this Lions team uh, and rounding out a Tier 3 after back-to-back dubs. So, against two really good teams. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, let's round out this Tier 4. Let's try to do it quick. Uh, I've got the... Real quick. 
I got a, I got a question about these tier four teams because who, in your opinion, is the most surprising team tier four team as far as the team that you did not expect oh, to dude. be here at the beginning of the season? It's either the Rams, the Broncos, or the Raiders, in my opinion. Maybe the Saints, but I would probably put those those top. I three. mean, if you're asking me who I'm most surprised is in tier four, it's probably the Rams after coming off a of fucking Super Bowl. Um, but if you're asking me who the most surprising team is as far as how bad they've been. It's definitely the Raiders, dude. Yeah, I would agree with that. Real quick thing about Josh McDaniels. I heard mm-hmm. this on part of my take. He started 6-0 and in his career. Then he got caught videotaping practices. He's 7-24 and mm-hmm. cents. Dude, he... Uh, I, he's, he's a one-and-done. I, well, I, I, I think him and Dennis Allen are both so one-and-dones. This is the thing. I saw this today. They, the Raiders, and Hackett, the Raiders don't have enough money to dish out another uh, coach contract. <laughs> so they gave all their money. Because of what they paid mm-hmm. Gruden. So they don't have enough money to give out another coaching contract. So they're locked into McDaniels this year and next year, at least, until they have some cash. Does Derek Is, is Derek Carr on this team next season? Mm. Did uh, It's all, I think, it, I think it's up to Devontae Adams, dude. Like, did he come here? And it, expecting I, Derek Carr to be the quarterback during the duration of his contract or not? I mean, I, I agree with that as well. I just don't think that their relationship has flourished like the way they thought it was. Also, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro will play a combined 46 snaps this year together. Mm, fucking hell. Yeah, Hunter Renfro. That's just that those, you know, you gave the contract to Renfro, you gave the contract to Waller, and it's just blown up in your face. And you've got. Josh Jacobs is probably going to be gone after this year because they they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Um, so it, it, so many question marks with this team. They you know they they've traded everything for this team to to get it to be a competitive team and it has just not worked out. Um, they look they look awful. I, I agree with you. Out of those three teams, as far as the most surprising when it comes to how bad they've been, I'd probably say the Raiders as well. They look like absolute garbage. You want to know what's funny? Broncos play the Raiders this weekend. Super Bowl. Jesus. Um, yeah, also, all of those first-round picks from the Mike Mayock era are gone, except Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That would be Jonathan Abram, who they cut. He was the last one, right? Mm-hmm. Clellan Farrell, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, all those guys, gone. Like, it's at Leatherwood. Like, I, I, it's Leatherwood. Wild. Mike Mayock, worst GM hiring so bad. in the history of sport, maybe. <laughs> it's, it, it's up there, man. Him and Gruden just mm-hmm. completely... Put this team into a black yeah, hole. Dude. See what I did there for probably the next five to six yeah, years. For sure. All right. Let's uh, put these teams in order, shall we? I've got – can we put the Bronx Texans, – Texans are the last. Okay. I, I, w- I would put the Panthers out, yep. of, out, of, the, out yep. of the last spot. I, I think that that's – you know, they beat the Bucks. They, I've got the Panthers better than the Raiders, too, respectively. They, the, pa- the Panthers should have beat the um, – the, the Falcons twice. I know they beat them this past week, but they also should have beat them when they were in um, when they were in Atlanta as well. DJ Moore, that dumb penalty. I, I still am just like that's so fucking stupid. Um, but yeah, I would, I, I would agree with probably the Panthers ahead of the Raiders, which is so fucking crazy to think about. I mean, we had the Colts at 32, 31 last week, which is crazy to think about. You see them bouncing out, and the Raiders have an impressive win this week. I mean, I don't know how impressive we can get beating the Broncos. Uh, but 
Yeah, but the the Colts the Colts was a thing where it's like, oh, they just fired their head coach, so now they've at least got something new to build off of. Like, if the Raiders were to beat the Broncos this week, what do they really have to build off of? You know, it's not like they're getting something new that's going to propel them up in the power rankings. They might just get a win because the Broncos are just that bad too. I think that's what it comes down to. And I know you can sit there and say, well, the Colts beat the Raiders, and the Raiders are that bad. But like I said, it's not only did you get a new coach, you got your running back back. The complete dynamic of the entire team has changed in a matter of one week. So that is why I think we both agree that they're that much higher compared to where they are because they're a completely different team. Okay. Uh, this Rams team is so terrible. I've got the Broncos and the Falcons ahead of them, even though they both took losses this week. This Rams team. With the injury to yeah, Cooper dude. Cup. What else yeah. are you going to do? But... I, would, I would probably do that. I mean, I would probably go – Man, we're really bumping the Broncos up that much. I guess we have to. Where are the Jags in here, too? I've got the Jags right ahead of the Panthers, so right there. Just, uh... You know, do you want to know what team has the most first downs in the NFL? What, the Jags? The Jags. (laughs) Pretty crazy thing about... You also know that the Jags lost by 10 to the Chiefs. Jags were 3-0 in turnover differential. It's also... Trevor Lawrence's fifth game of a hundred plus passer rating and the record for the Jags is seven in one mm. season. Quietly having a pretty decent oh, year. Yeah. In fantasy especially. People don't want to grab or hold on to Trevor Lawrence in fantasy. I have him in like three or four leagues because he's quarterback I'm pretty sure he's quarterback nine or ten so far this year. So Yeah, and when he gets the ball to Christian Kirk, mm. their offense does well. And what do you know, Christian Kirk had a touchdown this week, so um, I think that's a recipe for moving forward. Uh, I would, I probably put the Jags ahead of the Saints. I'm not sold on the Saints team, and as long as they keep starting Andy Dalton, I'm not going to be sold. What do you have to lose with Jameis? I I do not understand why they do not start Jameis Winston. Like, if you're going to be bad, okay, be bad, but at least find out whether or not you can move forward with this quarterback. I mean, you probably can't, but who knows? You know, you're not moving forward with Andy Dalton, so why are you still putting Andy Dalton out every week? And I think this once again comes down to the coaching staff, which is why I think Dennis Allen needs to go after this year. I, I do not understand. He was dressed. If he was hurt, why would you dress him as your backup quarterback? It, nothing makes sense right now in New Orleans. And there, you don't talk about a team that has nothing to build off of the Saints because they have. You could be like, oh, well, maybe they'll just keep losing and build up for a pick. Oh, wait, that first-round pick is with mm. Philly. So the more the Saints keep doing terrible, the better that pick looks for Philly for next year. So uh, this Saints team is a complete disaster. Um, all these teams are a disaster, let's be real. Um, I, I kind of like it how we have it with Broncos, Rams, Falcons, Jags, Saints, Panthers, Raiders, Texans. I kind of I kind of like that. Yeah, I originally had the Falcons ahead of the Rams, but I I couldn't do it after losing to the Panthers this week. Um, the, the all of yeah, these teams are fucking dog shit. Thing. So it doesn't matter. They are, they are, and and there's three teams in one division, the NFC South, that are in these mm. rankings. There's two teams. There's between the South divisions, NFC and AFC. There's five out of the eight teams. And there's two in the AFC West, too, which is crazy to think about. God damn. It's easy wins in those divisions. But, yeah, I'm with this. It is. I'm with this how it looks. All right. So, I think I think we've got to finalize that. I think we've we figured out our power rankings for the week. Fuck, yeah, man. Uh, did a, spend a solid amount of time on it. Uh, but let's recap for our audio listeners out there. Um, so, in Tier 1, going in order, we have the Chiefs, Eagles, Vikings, Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, 49ers, and Titans. 
And then going down into tier two, starting at number nine, we have the Bengals, Giants, Jets, Cowboys, Seahawks, Bucks, Commanders, and then the Patriots. Then we move down to tier three. We got the Chargers, Packers, Browns, Cardinals, Colts, Steelers, Bears, and Lions. And then the bottom of the bottom tier, the Broncos, Rams, Falcons, Jags, Saints, Panthers, Raiders, and Texans at 32. Solid, solid week of power rankings, man. I feel good about that. We got some new teams in tier one. Uh, the Bills finally knocked off out of that top three. Um, KC finally, or finally makes it back to one. The Eagles. Titans jumping up to tier one. It's a big, it's a big move, I think, on on their part. And I also think, you know, the Bucks could be right back up into tier one after a week. We could be talking about the Packers into tier two. Um, maybe the, you know, Commanders That's might keep moving say. up too. And then the the battle for New York, you know, could we be looking at a Giants Jets Super Bowl? I don't think so, but crazier things have happened. That's what I'm saying, dude. All right, well, that does it for our Power Rankings episode this week. This will be out uh, as we record this on Wednesday night. It'll be out uh, tomorrow afternoon, and then we'll come out with a preview episode. Uh, I don't know when, uh, TBD. But, yeah, solid shit on the Power Rankings. We'll catch you guys later. Peace.